podcast this is a weird one today because we're kind of playing a uh it's kind of an interesting episode today because i i had one lined up i was going to do a nice presidential debate um recap and all this other stuff had it all lined up these guys telling me oh i want to be on the podcast i want to be on the podcast all right you can be on the podcast and then i send them a link and no one responds to me so, um, yeah, sorry, no presidential debate. I actually recorded one last night with myself, and I, I've now come to the realization. I, 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 it's it's almost like freeing to realize that I do not like podcasting by myself. Like, I work well with, like, working off someone. Like, I can work with anyone, any podcast, any, I feel like I could be good to just work off somebody. And I'm good with these intros because they're very short. But with doing a podcast by myself and long term, an hour's worth of just talking and it just doesn't work well. I just know I'm not that great. So so regardless, I had this uh, episode in my back pocket I've been wanting to use for a while. Um, it's actually, uh, I would say, um, and just, just maybe computer illiterate type guy, me. You know, and, and it was a little miscommunication between me and the tell me where to turn guys. But they had told me, oh, yeah, you just record your side and send it. And I'm like, OK, cool. And then I but what was uh, is like if you go and listen to their side of the episode, I think I sound awful. I think I sound really bad. And then but the problem is, is I recorded it and I sound good. And now they sound bad. So this is retribution to the tell me where to turn guys. That I'm going to make them sound bad and I'm going to sound great. Um, no, the, the, the audio is not bad. I've, 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 I've smoothed it out as best I can, but, uh, you know, I can only do so much, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great podcast. It was me and the tell me where to turn guys, uh, Tommy, Dave, uh, uh, forgot his name. Uh, it's Glenn or something. Um, regardless, uh, yeah, it's, you know, they're, um, they're fun guys. I, I, I like having them still need to get Dave on the podcast. I've had, I've had Tommy. I, I don't care to have Glenn on, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it would be nice to have Dave on one of these days. I think we're gonna. I, I pitched an idea and he hadn't responded back to me. Respond back, Dave. Um, but we're going to. Uh, I would like to do a a wrestle an old wrestling pay per view review podcast. Let me know in the let me know in the comments if you'd like to hear that because I think it would be funny. But uh, yeah, uh, this is a uh, a review that we did. A couple months, a few months back, and it was a real fun one. It was Die Hard three, probably one again. I you'll you hear it's actually one of my favorite Die Hards. It's one because I really remember it. Not that I don't like the original Die Hard. It's just one that I kind of actually I remember like watching as a kid. This is the first one because it is kind of standalone. You don't need to watch the other Die Hards to watch this one. So. 
without any further ado, follow me at I am uh, Brad C. Follow the podcast, another dumb podcast. Uh, contribute as well as you can if you can. You know, we, we greatly appreciate. It. Just give us a dollar. I don't care. Uh, uh, Jacob is he's got therapy bills we need to pay for. Dave, uh, not Dave. Dave's not on this podcast, but Jay. Uh, Jay Cranfield, he's obviously a degenerate gambler, so he needs help. I uh, I work at a sawmill, so I don't get paid very much. So might as well just, you know, if you like the podcast, tell your friends. Um, it's getting better. I'm I'm having actually a really good time with this. It's getting better. There's things that we're doing that are better. So, you know, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I really enjoy it. So uh, just we'll keep on doing it again. It's, it's kind of hard. Sometimes everybody's got different schedules, you know, so you can only do what you can do. Some of these guys, you know, and, uh, you know, tell me where to turn, give me where they, uh, can you hear me? Sorry. I, I, I just totally flaw, uh, just went over their names. Like it doesn't even matter, but yeah, they, they do it whenever they can. I still would like to try to do a podcast a week. So I am fulfilling that duty but i i would like to go a little further you know like hey yeah I'm, i really want to have a podcast out each week so um we'll see what happens i don't think any i'm pretty busy this weekend so i'm not really sure maybe we'll have one again earlier next week we could still go over the debate and some other things uh especially like uh you know president trump getting covid which is pretty funny or i mean, I mean it's not funny but it's like pretty wild um yeah i think that's it so follow and also to tell me where to turn guys um i, can, I don't even know what they're I'll, I'll put their uh all their info in the show notes and but here it is tell me where to turn and brad c uh review diehard three as i would like to call it another tell me where to turn another dumb tell me where to turn so that's it. I'm done with this. <laughs> now, where you going? School. Why? To get educated. Why? So I can go to college. And why is that important? To get respect. Respect. And who's the bad guys? Guys who sell drugs. Guys who have guns. And who's the good guys? We're the good guys. Who's going to help you? Nobody. So who's going to help? We're going to help ourselves. And who do we not want to help us? White, White people. people. That's right. And get on out of here. Go to school. Okay, well, okay. This is this is episode one fifty five of Tell Me Where to Turn. I'm not sure if we did two episode one fifty threes. I need to go back and check on that. But there's a very high likelihood that happened because as I was doing some cleanup in the old Dropbox today, I've noticed that Die Hard one and two were both titled <laughs> episode one fifty three. So I'm shocked. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> my apologies. My apologies. Something doesn't work on this show. Uh, you, I am Tommy two underscore zero. That's where you can find me uh, on Twitter, and um, you can find the show at Where to Turn Pod. Uh, you can find me at Glenn three underscore eleven, and you can find me at Point Break underscore Dave. And get this, much like Talladega, <laughs> we're going four wide today. We have a special guest. I would like the music to come on right now and just <laughs> boom. I do. If I knew how to do that. Oh, uh, no. We don't have the technology, but... We've got no technology at all. No, we've got Brad C. Yeah, I am from, Brad C. Yes. On from Twitter. another dumb podcast. 
Which you've been on, coincidentally. Coincidentally, yes. Yeah. Weird how these things work. Yeah, well, I'm glad one of your producers reached out to me and got this we got this going. So yes, Glenn, finally, <laughs> 155 episodes in, <laughs> contributes something above the Mendoza line. It finally <laughs> happened. But no, Brad, Brad uh, has been following along with our reviews of Die Hard and. He was calling for the ball when he heard Die Hard Three was going to be reviewed. Okay, I think that's not exactly true. Okay, <laughs> this is not. This is how I'm just the, telling you how Glenn explained the it. The only me. reason we're doing this is because of one scene and one scene only, <laughs> and and I'm going to be quiet through the entire time. So it doesn't we're matter. Gonna, we're gonna. I'm looking forward to seeing how we dance around that scene. Well, before quickly. we get there, <laughs> did you have a, did you have a story for us? Yeah. Yeah. So. We do a lot of bits amongst ourselves. I mean, if any of our various compilations of group texts were to ever be publicly released, we, I mean, we, we, would, we wouldn't even, like, go back into our office. We would just send them a note card with our address and be like, here's where you can ship my things. But when we were in a professional environment, I think for the most part, we try to keep it on the rails. So I had a guy do comedy on me today. And I don't know if he was serious or not. And that's what I wanted to get you guys' opinion on. It's always the best kind of comedy. <laughs> yeah. So so I work in a very generic office building. Uh, well, used to. I now work in a ge- very generic bedroom. <laughs> and we do a, because since we've been all remote for the pandemic, we do a team call every Wednesday at 1 o'clock for 30 minutes. And I lead it. And it's much like this podcast. I spend five minutes trying to get everything to work, stumble around my words. We have a few presentations and we go home. So once a month, we do everybody on the team that's celebrating a birthday. Basically, we do Why Today Doesn't Suck. Okay, I, I like this. So I had the idea. So when I started, like the team was already doing this. So when I started, you know, it was just like, Hey, here, everybody's birthday. Well, then we added the, uh, well, hey, it's going to be your birthday, and then you have to send us a slide of you when you were a baby, and we'll make fun of that or whatever, and, it, and it's kind of evolved. So as the pandemic's gone on, I've started inviting people to guest host Why Today Doesn't Suck for our team. And it's always fun, and we usually get some of the people that are the bigger personalities in the office. Well, I asked a guy that's uh, in the creative team to do it today, and everybody kind of puts their own spin on it. Well, he does... Hey, it's your birthday. I, do you want the good news or the bad news first? All right. And so the so I'm thinking, oh, this is a good bit. Like the good news will be like somebody famous was born on your birthday, and the bad news will be some kind of funny joke thing that happened on your birthday. Well, I'm not making this up. So the first guy's birthday is August 1st, and he says, well, you want the good news or the bad news? And the guy says, well, give me the bad news first. And he's like, well, um, Anne Frank was captured by the good lord yeah and then the next guy it's like oh um princess diana was killed in a car accident on your birthday and he did the most dark and nobody knew how to take it because this is this is like a recorded professional meeting and every one of the bad news was something either to do with nazi germany or some like tragic death i mean i think we had like a space shuttle exploding in there Oh, this guy's awesome. <laughs> well, that's the question, though. So, is is the guy awesome? I don't know him very well. Is he is he like so many levels of genius above me that I can't even process it? 
is he completely clueless or did he actually think this was meaningful information that people needed to know today? Man. So uh, how did he <laughs> deliver it? Did he... No, he like, delivered oh, it like not birthdays, whatever. It was like, August. it was serious. Like, yeah, Princess oh, Diana no. passed away today and, and Dodie Fayed and whoever, whoever else was <laughs> so, in that car. What was the good news? The good news was just like, oh, and, you know, some... Uh, I don't remember, like, one of them was, uh, like, an art museum opened, and then the last one, which was, I don't know where he came up with this, was Jeff Hardy's birthday. So. <laughs> hey, nice. where does that come from? <laughs> I don't Charismatic really enigma. Yeah. I, I used to do something similar to that with, with my staff, but it was basically, I, I steered away from the bad news, it was just more people you shared a birthday with, which I feel like was what we typically have done. But but we would yeah you know, would pick someone that's really random that someone would know, but it would be kind of odd, and someone that wouldn't really match up with the person celebrating the birthday. So like if somebody's turning sixty, it'd be like, hey, you share a birthday with Stevo, <laughs> you know, as opposed to someone who <laughs> they would probably like or look like or something like that. Oh, I thought you were gonna do the. Uh... In today's Wowie, <laughs> I try that next month. You think that would get me in trouble? Uh, yeah. I, well, um, I just I just started a job, so I had to go through an orientation video, and there was this guy. It's like this is actually pretty new. I thought it was going to be like an old orientation video, but it's actually pretty new. There's some uh, topical things that happen in offices. Like there was a transgender woman. I mean, there was this. This is pretty. I think pretty relevant nowadays. Okay. But there was this one guy, Ken, who's just saying all the bad things. That's what your, that guy sounds like. It sounds like <laughs> Ken. <laughs> He's just, just saying all the horrible things, like hitting on the other girls and messing with this guy who's disabled. <laughs> so, what does he, uh, what does he think about Kansas City? Does yeah. He, he definitely gives his, his uh, opinions on Kansas City on where it rings. <laughs> That would be a funny idea if we could lay our hands, because I've obviously, being in a big company, have had to watch some variant of the same video. That would be a funny uh, watch-along review in real time with us. I, I need that to call my funny. HR right now and be like, I need to find that yeah. video. Yeah, like, I'm I, I going to really, review it. I was really inspired by that video. I, I think I want to study it some more. One more. I need need it yeah. one more time. That would that would be a sure way to get you invited back. But <laughs> yeah, The next... <laughs> The I'll work next on it, guys. Five minutes to an hour, Brad is going to determine whether you get invited back because we have gathered here today to review 1995's Die Hard with a Vengeance. And by the way, I was the guy that spent five minutes on HBO Max looking for Die Hard Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And finally, to Google what is Die Hard Three. <laughs> the re- real ones know. Real ones don't have to do that. Yeah. So for sure. I think we've touched on this, but Tommy, you had never seen any of the first three, correct? Correct. The only one I had seen was that random newer one that I think was maybe Paul Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in the same boat, and because like everything with this podcast is a well-oiled machine, I was alerted very late in the game that we were doing this today. So I was watching this today. And as I was turning on Skype to wait for this call, I was getting close to the end, and the 
the false finish, if you will, of this movie. I was like, oh, I'm going to make it. And then it's like, nope, there's 15 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, oh, I clicked, you know, the little time thing at the bottom to bring that up. I was like, how is there 15 more minutes? It's over. So are we going to be breaking news of the end to you? No, I, 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 thankfully we were a little late and I got through it. All right. I got all the way through it. So this was released to, to completion, if you will. <laughs> Important. It was released in May of 1995 and became the highest grossing film of the year, which is crazy. That was it shocking to was, me. I saw that I today. Released to mixed critical reviews, which was not shocking to me. Well, of course. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But isn't it so, shocking that it beat Toy Story? I was about to say, the more shocking news is apparently this was the only movie that came out in 95. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I would imagine this that is, when you started looking at Lifetime and Global, Toy Story has to have uh, surpassed it by this point. Oh, yeah. Good yeah, I agree with I agree with Dave. Apparently that this was the only movie released in 1995. <laughs> I mean, Waterworld didn't beat it. <laughs> So, <laughs> see. Oh. So, we'll get into our. I think at the end we'll get into our overall ranking of the movie and where it ranks so far in the trilogy. I will say, as a positioning statement early on, I f- felt like this one was a little bit harder to follow because there were some weird jumps and things that happened in the plot that didn't make sense. And as I'm as I'm taking notes, I'm I'm going wait well, wait a minute how did we get from here to here? <laughs> maybe maybe they went ahead and just cheaped out on the uh, continuity team for this, this. Is an action movie, Tommy. Just calm down. <laughs> like <laughs> this, is no this isn't like Academy Award winning. They're not trying to do that. This is movies for guys who like movies. This is all this is. <laughs> Well, one first movie, they just did away with the plot entirely, so they didn't have that problem. This was the departure from the first two, he's essentially working on his own to beat the bad guys. But from now on, it's with a sidekick through all the other movies that they make in this series. And boy, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was just movie. him and Officer Powell again, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> see. I see what you're doing there, and I don't appreciate it. Why? And, I'm not kidding. and this is why he uses a fake name. The movie <laughs> off, if you were, if you weren't, if you didn't know you were getting into an action movie, the movie starts off in a crowded New York scene, people everywhere, cabs. They go out of their way to make sure you know it's New York, which I appreciated. They do it in a weird way, though. They do it by just showing the Empire State Building over and over and over. <laughs> In the little landscapes, like you got the Statue of Liberty, you got Times Square, you have a few other buildings that were unnamed, but there's other things you could show. And then out of nowhere, kaboom, the entire bottom floor of a department store just. Which is never really mentioned the rest of the movie. (laughs) That's true. Like, hell, how many people. How many died? Yeah, how I equated this department for the first plane in Die Hard 2. Exactly. <laughs> like it never really happened. Well, it's, it's like probably it's again, it'd probably again be a, an explosion where like somebody's pacemaker stops or maybe somebody's, <laughs> you know, water breaks. That's probably all that happened. That's all it is. All it is. <laughs> you so know, when explosions happen, that's what happens. So. 
We cut to the New York police station. It is not as busy as airport security at Dulles, but it is pretty busy. And lots of action, people being ordered around, and then there's a lady that is just insistent that the uh, commander of the police station, he's like, you have to take this call, you have to take this call. And yes, it is the bomber. And immediately I'm like, this guy sounds exactly like Hans Gruber. <laughs> like, immediately. All right. <laughs> And I'm trying I did to... not get that. Oh, no, no. That's the first thing I wrote down. I was like, they've figured out a way to bring Hans Gruber back from the dead. Like, this is what they've done. I'm a, I, Well, given I was watching the first part of the movie on my phone, but my note is Terrace calls in. He's using the name Simon. He's obviously Asian. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Wow. I was wrong. This is Spoiler. so many perspectives for this movie. I'm I'm so lost. Yeah, that's that's not a direction I've ever heard. I was like, hey, before. it's Scar from Lion King. That's all. <laughs> well, we were all over the map here. Yeah. He calls in and he wants McLean, who was very quickly revealed is on suspension. Oh, things have not gone well. Since Die Hard 2 ended. So he transferred back over. to New York, right? I was confused. Yeah, so... He, he, he moved back. Out. He's now with NYPD. They haven't explained why yet. And the bomber says that it, he... They have to find McLean, and McLean will do exactly... Continue to set off more bombs. So we've... We're a few minutes in, and we've set a... I'm in it. I'm in. I'm hooked. This is interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about the right next scene coming up here. Like, oh, no, I'm so in. <laughs> well, they, well, they have to track him down. Yeah, so like they, they, they send their guys looking for McLean, and they find him. Um, he's drunk. He, I mean, or he'd been drunk. He's clearly hungover. He's laying on the floor of this police van while they're trying to get him somewhere. He's, you know, wanting aspirin. He's babbling about his wife from the previous movie and you can you I mean he's been suspended so you can tell uh he went not, on a vendor things aren't going great yeah. but they haven't really clued you into what's going on in fact the first time you see him he's already in the van and you're like okay that was fast somewhere yeah they're going somewhere <laughs> he when they get to their destination he's like taking off his shirt oh he's yes. down to his boxers there's also a weird part where he's clearly taking off his pants, but you think he's gone Naked. Yeah. full nude. Yes. You think he's tackle out because the woman kind of gives him this, hey, <laughs> he makes a comment about, you know, you're the first person since my wife, which is another clue that McLean doesn't get physicals very often. <laughs> She's the first one to see him like that. He's not a healthy guy. He's really concerned with, yeah, with self-health. <laughs> They comment several times that he just smells like beer, that he hasn't taken a shower in several days, and he's wearing the same shirt as from the first movie. Hey, man, we ain't got to go to work, is, man. It's no, amazing. It so they 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 they've now kind of they've kicked him out of this van. He's they've established he's in Harlem. He's in a bad part of town. He's shirtless in his boxers. He's got some kind of a cardboard sandwich board over him and he's wandering around the street but they haven't revealed the bit yet no 
So when they I, were showing this scene, did you think, were you looking for the mighty sharp barbershop? Because it looked like that exact same set. Did it not? I know it's Queens in Harlem, but. Well, I mean, McDowell's might have been close by. <laughs> Although that it would have been a nice tie-in to Die Hard 2. Yes. Underneath Whoa, that clicked on me for a second. I was like, what are you talking? Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> hey. I'm the younger it. one of the group, sorry. Brad, you've got to you've got to think fast to keep up with this group. Man, y'all are on fire. Go <laughs> so it just goes back to either over the top or uh, coming to America. So as long as as long as you just go, I just watched way. over the top for the first time the other day. So I'm good to wow. go. All right. Yeah. No, actually, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. They cut to Samuel Inspiring. Jackson, who apparently in 1995 is older than he is now. <laughs> Zeus. Oh my gosh! And they revealed his name was Zeus. Like, but but they revealed it that the guys were getting his attention, and they were hey. saying, "Hey Zeus, hey Zeus." So, so John McClane thought his name was Hey Zeus, and he's like, I "Think I'm Dominican?" Hey Zeus, ever? It's Zeus. But yeah, so, question for Glenn: Who of the movies we've reviewed on this podcast, which Zeus? was a better actor, Samuel L. or the guy who couldn't realistically lift weights and no holds bar? I think Samuel L. <laughs> by a slight margin. And he didn't, um, Zeus didn't ever actually utter a line, so it may it may not even be the uh, no holds bar Zeus. Yeah, he never, uh, he never. Yeah. So, so we're roughly at the 10-ish minute mark of this movie, and the sandwich <laughs> board is revealed. Which says what, Brad? <laughs> I will. I'm gonna sit out at this part, and y'all uh, have fun. I gotta go. I gotta go to the restroom real quick. Y'all just, yeah, y'all just carry on. I'll be right back. So I was under the impression by Glenn that we may be getting an edited version, but the version I watched was not. No, it was not. No, HBO Max did not appear to feel the need to edit out any parts of this movie. Because well, I looked for, um, I did a Google search for some whoa. sandwich board. What? <laughs> to see if uh, if someone had doctored the sandwich board just to say something funny that was not what was in the movie and try to use that as, hey, here's what they you know, changed it to. But uh, I didn't find anything. But I, the only thing I found, it just said, I hate everybody. So I was like, you know what? I bet they went back and they made this movie and they just photoshopped it or whatever and uh yeah and they i don't want to say they sold out that's a bad way to phrase it but they stayed true to the original script and it was as shocking today as it was those many years ago and you know how long it's in the film i mean it's like literally a second two seconds in the movie and it's still just the most the thing that's i haven't watched this movie in a really long time and this thing burned into my memory forever so and i also want to speak upon the other racial components of this movie that is that is outlined through the entire movie and by the way i know y'all are jacking around about samuel jackson this is the movie that i fell in love with this guy i know oh, he's, fan- hey, he's fantastic I, I felt when he's over there telling his his nephews about going to school and uh who who do we have take care of us? Who do we not have take care of us? I was like, <laughs> yes, Samuel. <laughs> yeah, he was 
fantastic in this movie. Absolutely. Oh, uh, Do we feel like his racial opinions were trying to be disproven in this movie? <laughs> where now today they're like, no, actually he's pretty spot on. Uh, I don't know exactly. I, that is kind of weird because he's he seems more uh, he's a, ahead of his time in this movie. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I I just want to say that this is this is actually the first Die Hard that I have I watched whenever I grew up. I didn't watch Die Hard two or three or two or one. I, I watched this one first, which is weird. Wow. Yeah, I know. And then I watched the first Die Hard, which I loved. And then I never watched the second one. I got, I got two. I'm good. I don't need to watch the second one. So. The second one is worthwhile. It is. It well, is. I watched it after listening to the podcast last week. Oh, okay. And it's, it's, this is what I love about these movies. I, I can't believe we don't, I don't feel like we make these movies anymore. Where it's just, do you want a great, you know, I'm over here. I'm like, I want a great uh you know, screenwriters and nah, nah, nah. I'm like, screw that. Just blow some shit up and just bah, <laughs> just go crazy. Yeah. Right. That's just great about this movie. And great about I, Die Hard Two and you know sorry. I am sorry, I'm derailing the podcast a little bit, but no, a little passionate about this. You. you know? I'm with you. Hey, we had you on for your passion. If we wanted <laughs> if we wanted somebody with no passion, we would have just had Dave on. Okay? I know. I'm here to bring right. it. Yeah. I'm here, guys. <laughs> I didn't know what the sign said until it was revealed in the movie. I've heard Glenn reference it, but I've I just never bothered to investigate what it was. So I I I definitely had the uh, had the I did have the headphones on just in case there was small ears around and and yes I was uh, I was quite shocked. So uh, apparently the point of the whole exercise is the uh, Simon's trying to get uh, McLean either killed or beat up or just mercilessly troll him. Samuel L. comes out of his pawn shop and doesn't necessarily defuse the situation, but helps McLean escape in a cab. He later explains he didn't do that because he cared about McLean. It's because he didn't want a bunch of white cops showing up in his neighborhood and shooting people. And I'm like, this movie was way ahead of its time. Yes. <laughs> was he wrong, though? Come on. No. He's, he, he's he, dead he, on. His logic throughout this whole movie never really is is anything I could take uh, take any kind of uh, complaint with because he is everything he says is spot on. Now, the next scene is what I think is probably in a movie that is obviously sensationalized. This is the only scene that I think was extraordinarily realistic. Hold on, are you, are you being sarcastic right now? No, I think I think you know we don't have accurate depictions of police work until the guy from the bomb squad busts into the, <laughs> the chief's office, yes, throws the live briefcase bomb down on his desk, and then demonstrates inside the police precinct how it blows up by taking a small amount of the explosive and detonating it. <laughs> On the floor of the police department. I feel like that is exactly what would happen in a police department. He's an expert. You got to trust him. You got to. One thing I did want to point out that we missed is during the sandwich board scene, we had taped a gun to our back again because <laughs> that must happen in every diehard movie. Just in case he needed it. And... Fingers crossed that none of the crowd that's gathered Grab that. stands on, on the back side. <laughs> They're all going to stand on the front. 
Maybe maybe it said I love on the back. I don't know. I don't think that would have helped. <laughs> Just adding a different phrase would have been like, hey, I, yeah. I, it is not hate. The back just has like JK. <laughs> you got to keep reading. Think, <laughs> what do you think Gary Patterson thinks about that scene? Is he against it? Probably like just he would he would be like on this podcast just saying it over and over <laughs> against it. I have uh... not walk around with a sign that says what a, yeah. a friend that I mean it's obviously a pretty common name, but named Gary Patterson and man, I was just like tweeting him all the headlines. I'm like, dude, like come on. Man. All right. Twenty twenty, gotta cut that cut that out no i did write out write down that charlie the bomb expert is hilarious <laughs> he's just oh i'm a big fan of his work but yeah i feel like taking the live bomb into the uh, chief's office that's that's probably uh probably a step too far even for charlie the bomb guy well yeah, it's, they weren't it hasn't mixed yeah they weren't <laughs> concerned at all because he talks later about well they could you know, they could detonate this by remote or by phone or whatever, and they're just like, well, we think this one's okay. <laughs> yeah, they do. I'm glad you said that, Brad. They do point out a unique characteristic of the bomb, which is that it has these two different liquids in different cylinders, and when they combine together, that's when it forms the extremely, I guess, potent substance that, that as you mentioned can be triggered by literally anything it's kind of like it's kind of like what is it uh i guess racing fuel and fertilizer separate they're they're fine you put them together a federal building falls down <laughs> Yikes. It's just classic west <laughs> where we're going yeah or uh and once again, I hold my two uh, podcast partners liable for the Oklahoma City bombing because they were there in Ennis, Texas, the day that they purchased the racing fuel and they did nothing to stop it. Yes. <laughs> Timothy McVeigh and I may have crossed paths that day. It's true. What episode is that? I roll the drum out and load it into his truck, as far as I know. I don't, I don't know. That. I don't know what episode, but it's been referenced now. I, the over-under is about five and a half. The uh, Simon calls back in and he wants both McLean and Samuel L. Zeus on the phone. And this is when this is when I knew this was going to be a good movie, because as soon as Zeus gets on the phone, <laughs> he, he's in the he's in the middle of the police station. He's supposed to be this, like, I guess, mild mannered pawn shop guy. He just starts letting uh, letting Simon have it. He tells him to take his well-laid plan and stick it up his ass. <laughs> Making Simon so mad that he hangs up, which is amazing. Like, Zeus doesn't care about anything. Like, he, he doesn't care about bombs going off in New York. He That's white people problems. That's all it is. That's, right. That's white people problems. And the, the police chief gets real mad about it. And my first thought is... Well, you did let a civilian on the line with the guy you're negotiating with, so maybe look in a mirror here, pal. I agree. So th this is a terrible plan the police come up with. Simon obviously calls back. He wants them to get to a payphone that's a long distance away. Or I guess not yet, but he wants to get to a payphone. Uh, and they're just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get the civilian that's got no training, that's just already proven to be a huge loose cannon 
he he's in. We've got our suspended cop. We're just gonna redeputize him. Toss he's him his he's back, pretty back. much drunk. Might as well just <laughs> give it give the gun back. Well, yeah, get him his get him his sidearm. They uh they go to this and this is gonna be a theme throughout the movie is kind of them racing to different payphones and in, in time to to take the call from Simon. There's a very large woman on the phone. <laughs> I and thought again, that was funny. talking about things that probably wouldn't be said in 2020. Uh, the police uh, that's uh, kind of doing the stakeout says, "Yeah, we've got a problem. A 300-pound one. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of an ob- obstacle. Like how big?" And he's like, "Oh, about 300 pounds." <laughs> you don't think that'd be said today? Of course, that would be said today. You, you turn around and McLean has a new sandwich board that just says, I hate fat people. <laughs> it's genius. It's genius. They, uh, uh, Zeus her the just shuts her down too. So, I mean, he's, I mean, Zeus is, I mean, he's not doing anything halfway. Like if, if he's going to commit to this, this white people problems, he's going to, he's going to go all in. He shuts it down. The phone rings. Um, we get a uh, a riddle. So so this is this is kind of annoying to me. I I found this a little bit annoying. I felt Simon's dialogue was just a little too cheesy for me. In these riddles, it just it was just all felt like forced. Kind of felt like a bad version of Hannibal Lecter, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And and the whole thing with the riddles and sending them to the different places. In the end, he was just stringing John McClane along with the idea that he wasn't going to be able to solve one of these and he was just going to blow up. Like, the plan wasn't really... And we get to that eventually, but that's the other thing. He's just playing a game with him. The other other real plan is two totally different plans. Totally different. Okay, then I have a question. So what if he just gets just shot in the face with the the sandwich board? What do we do then? We don't have a movie. Well, <laughs> I get that, but do we I still had that rob exact the same thought? It was off without a hitch, but we don't have a movie. Okay, I'm just okay. I mean, I Not get that. The same thought though. As we move forward, the the next bomb that detonates was going to detonate no matter what happened. Yeah, and they were going to go forth with the rest of their plan. So even if McLean gets popped at the corner of 120th and whatever. From then on, it would be the same for them. It just feels like it just feels like with this heist, it seems like there's a lot of ins and outs of the of the operations, and then you have a side journey over here because he he let your brother slip off the thirty second window. So I don't know why make it so hard for yourself. Well, I thought like uh, I guess we haven't revealed, but Simon, the bad guy. Oh, oh, sorry. No, I don't know if we revealed it yet. <laughs> Jeez, I ruined this podcast already. No, I think we did say it in the beginning. Only yeah, reason I'm Tommy here. Tommy said he sounds like Gruber, but yeah, I guess my my uh, my thought was same as Brad is if either he you know blow or gets killed in Harlem or he blows up on the train, like it seems like both one of those two should have happened. He should have never made it past the train. So I always wanted the the scene with Simon like trying to quickly scrawl out like a third riddle. Like, oh, I didn't think he was gonna make it this time. Oh far. man, uh, itsy bitsy spider. Uh, uh, yeah, it's an homage to Die Hard One. He's writing the script as it goes on. 
I mean, they did have another setup at the the stadium afterwards, right? Yeah, he had a lot of setups. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess he gave McLean a fair amount of credit to possibly get through with it, even though he was surprised. Going back to this first phone call, they they asked like the easiest riddle. Like, if you've ever heard any riddles, you know the answer to this one. It's the one where they give you a whole bunch of misinformation. Oh yeah, yeah. At the very beginning, it's like, yeah, one guy's doing this, and then he then here's a whole bunch of other numbers that don't mean anything, and the answer is one. Which uh, Samuel apparently he's very good at those things. He figures it out. They scream bomb. A bomb's just gone off in New York City, and not one person on the street even flinched. <laughs> You're like, they whatever, wuss. <laughs> Think those happen around here? <laughs> Further proof that that first bomb was, a, those were crisis actors, and it was a false flag. It never happened. Well, well, they, they, they even mentioned that the 93 bombing had happened. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of bombings going on. So they both dive on the sidewalk, and everybody just kind of looks at McLean. And then Samuel L. Jackson, or Zeus, uh, he dives to the ground, and you hear somebody say, huh, welcome to New York. And then people start handing him money like he's homeless. <laughs> I don't even get that. <laughs> because that's what you always see from the homeless. They're just, just diving. dives around s- screaming weird things. <laughs> the next assignment they get is is the one that I think the intent was they weren't going to make, which is 90 blocks in 30 minutes. They immediately commandeer a cab, and Bruce is like, hey, the only way to get here, we're going to have to drive through Central Park. And he's not talking about on the road. <laughs> this we're is talking awesome. about driving in the grass. I hated this scene. This car would not have made it one quarter of a mile. <laughs> they were beating this thing to death. That engine would have been dead, suspension gone, there's no way the car survives that. <clears throat> Another the cars thing, in this movie are surprisingly durable <laughs> all the way through the movie. <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got a few more thoughts on that later. As a matter of fact, the cars and people. Central Park. Well, yeah, when he's going through Central Park. Is he aiming for the people? Well, that mime to be his path. Felt like they had a group of people standing there just waiting for a car. So they were very, very quick to get out of the way. So that was good. They were on alert. God didn't like that line that he that he said. Are, are you are you going for the people? And he goes, No. Well, maybe that mime. <laughs> that was pretty good. All the one-liners and diehards. Oh yes. So he he does. He's able to navigate through the park. He gets really close. He has to make a fake. 911 call to get traffic moving where he just says like hey some police officers have been shot uh, that's what he goes with yeah always and a ambulance appears out of nowhere exactly when he needs it we also in the traffic jam we have the classic movie thing that drives me crazy i've been in a few traffic jams in my life never has everyone just started honking the car horn every movie like Every car is just like, you know what we're going to do now? Just going to honk the car horn. That, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to mess with your movie logic because I think you're right. But this is a New York thing, though. Because they, do, they do run around whenever they're moving into each other. They honk to make sure they... A lot of it's because they're jerks, but a lot of it's they go, hey, I'm right here. That's all it is. So, okay. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. If, no, if y'all aren't looking that, for like facts, not... I'm... I'm I have not been in a traffic gym in New York. 
You no. Know, you read about the one percenters, and then you meet Brad. What's up? You actually know one. Hey, I think uh, Tommy and I have been in a traffic jam in New York. Mr. Sandwich is driving us yeah, to I the like Mets field. Your line for that was, I've never been car sick in my life. But that was the closest I've oh, ever been. Hey, I, <laughs> one second. I had, a, I had a note here that I missed, um, which I guess they were lucky whenever they found Zeus is that he's uh, good with electronics. He can obviously bust into cars, but he's also good at riddles and math. It was very, <laughs> it was very convenient that they found him. Lucky. He's like, I'm good at this. I'm like, you are? <laughs> You're good at riddles? <laughs> it's like they found the perfect guy for this whole thing. And, and, he, yeah. and he even does, later on, he even proves himself more, more bold and valuable. Yeah. They, they split up when they get to the... Uh, subway station so mclean's on foot he of course he pulls a grade off right as the train's coming by very convenient so he can just jump right down on top of that like can you do that i've been to new york several times no. bragging montage but i don't think you can just pull up a grate and i think you, you need a drill a you need at least a drill yeah. <laughs> i would like, assume that'd that. be very dangerous if you could right <laughs> of anything, course. anything before september 11 2001 <laughs> I'm also willing to good, believe you could do. Also hey. a good point. Yes. Speaking of, when that date comes around, you need to have that same guy host your meeting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody has a birthday there. Do you want yeah. that news first? <laughs> I've got like 6,200 pieces of bad news oh for my you. God. <laughs> oh, okay. So it says um, every name. <laughs> The scroll starts running. He's just pointing. John Smith, sorry <laughs> guy. So they uh, during the split up, they have the comedy scene where where Zeus is in the cab. The most generic stockbroker ever gets in the cab. More racial yeah. stuff. Yeah, lots of fair. Yeah, some racial stuff. Samuel drives crazy, ditches the car. He's down in the he's down in the uh, station. McLean's coming in on the train. There, he's he's kicked his way into the train, and there is an actual shoot bomb on the train. Like it's real. Shoot this bomb. Is, yeah, <laughs> that's a wrestling term. I no, no, I've got it. I was. Just... Yeah. <laughs> this is not a working bomb. This is a shoot bomb. So was the and, one in the uh, station? Was that a shoot or a work? Yeah. Well. Speaking of, <laughs> Zeus is trying to get this guy to stop using, I was going to say get him off the phone, and I caught myself. So you <laughs> he tried to stop the guy from using the phone. And, the uh, of course, because now we're adding the racial component in, he immediately has a policeman drawing a gun. Right. So you talk about ahead of its time. His his crime is that he like jumped the railing or whatever. The no, he yelled. Carousel. He yelled at a guy. That's all he did. <laughs> he yelled at somebody. Well, but he didn't pay his uh, his fare to get down to the uh, the where the train track was. The whatever it's called. That's um, punishable by death in New York, by the way. So. Exactly. So, so then, when you do that, and you're seen raising your voice at someone, yes. immediately a gun. Is you you must be head. shot. So. <laughs> the Just... phone's ringing. Back on the train, the two chemicals in the bomb have now mixed, so we know the uh, explosion is imminent. 
McLean's trying to get uh, somewhere where he can uh, get rid of the bomb. Also, the the one thing that added to it is super. Uh, what was the bomb guy's name in the police station? Charlie. Do we have his Charlie? Charlie. The Charlie, the bomb guy. The yeah, bomb? Charlie. Good old Charlie mentions like, hey, once it mixes, you don't, don't know. You know, twenty seconds, minute. We do know this. It lasts shorter than the grenades in Die Hard 2, which is like <laughs> four or five minutes. <laughs> they they but that did add an element. You're like, I don't know when it's going to blow up. It's, it's going to happen soon, though. He seemed, he seemed calmer than I would be. I'm just saying. Yeah. The thing's mixing. I would be like, I don't know. We're all dead. You know, that's not what I would do. So Zeus answers the phone. Simon tells him it's too late because McLean's not there. The bomb's going off. McLean at the same time is getting the bomb just barely thrown out of the back of the train as the train hits a tripwire. And it's then when I realize this bomb was going off anyways because the tripwire was already there. Yes. There's no way Simon can deactivate that. So so now my radar is up that, that there may be something, some there may be some shenanigans afoot. Well, the train explode like the train doesn't explode but the explosion happens behind the train it partially derails there's wreckage coming through the train station and then mclean's just laughing just um, right out of diehard too amazing train wreck maniacal laugh yeah there's five uh, people dead next to him he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's just oh yeah, he's just dying having a ball they also have the uh zeus kind of saves the cop that pointed the gun at him pulls him out of the way very classy move Zeus is Zeus is classy throughout this whole thing, and uh, he. Well, this is the great scene that Brad mentioned earlier. When hey, it's just a pacemaker. <laughs> the lady's water broke. I wanted the scene where you know one of the bad guys goes to Simon, just like hey, great news, we got a pacemaker. <laughs> Get the mission accomplished, banner. <laughs> We've done it. They blew this huge hole in the ground in the subway station, but somehow in the crowded platform, everybody's fine, except for the pacemaker and the water breaking. That was the most, I want to say that's the most unrealistic thing in this movie, but someone should have died, just honorarily. There should have been a death or two. They should have had, the pacemaker guy should have died, (laughs) but then the woman's given birth, so it's a net net zero. There you go. Well, I mean, the back of the train hijacked. So once it does that, it's go, it's on the platform. There's not enough room for anyone to get out of the way. Like, everyone is going you, to be crushed by that. Did you say hijacked when you meant jackknife? <laughs> yes, yes, I, <laughs> I meant jackknife. Yeah, Diesel would not be very happy with you right now. But there was a bomb on it, so technically it was also hijacked. <laughs> Go ahead, get get spin control out here. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep drinking. That's all I'm gonna do. They uh, they get out of the subway tunnel, and the FBI's there. There's this other agency that's referred to that they're being kind of mum on who they are. They start showing uh, McLean pictures of bad guys, and he's just being like a real jerk about it. Just being real sarcastic, you know, and I'm like, man, they just blew up the subway. You know, you could at least look at the FBI's pictures. And then there's this guy in the back, and they kind of keep showing him, and he's not talking. And then finally, he reveals that one of the guys he's looking at's name is not, and I is I don't recall what they said his name was, but his his uh, 
his birth last name, his shoot last name was Gruber. Right. And his brother, yes, was Hans Gruber. And then I knew it. I said, I knew, I knew they were tying this back to Hans Gruber as soon as I heard that Chinese accent at the very beginning. (laughs) (laughs) So, such a strange review of this movie. This is, I'm, yeah. (laughs) Gruber calls while they're on the van. And this is, this is when things get real. He says like, look, there's 2,400 pounds of this goo. I mean, that's, I don't know what, that's got to be like enough to blow up like a block. And I've put it in one of the, you know, however many hundreds, thousand, whatever. That would school. be 3,000 chairs that he could make he, move up. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I like know. it. I don't I know. Like <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Tommy hates me. <laughs> It's in a school, and they want McLean and Zeus to get to a phone in Tompkins Square Park, which, by the way, Glenn, it's a Mumford & Son song. It's good. Oh, is that right? I'll be sure to... uh, I I, I got a a few other things to listen to before then, but then I'll I'll get there. I reviewed a Mumford & Son's concert for this podcast one time. Yeah, it's the lowest episode we've ever had. Let's say, what episode is that so I won't listen? <laughs> but at least you. I know what the theme song for this episode is going to be. How's that? Uh, that? That makes that easy for me. In this, in this particular sh- uh, Die Hard, it seems like the FBI is going to be cool. The transit cops are going to be cool. Everybody seems... Uh, in it together, they're gonna. They've kind of made this plan where they're gonna all just go try to search as many of the schools as possible to find this 2,400-pound bomb. And uh, it doesn't seem like anybody's trying to posture to take over. Noah, and, that guy from the second movie, the real jerk chief from the the airport. Yeah, yeah. Nobody like that in this movie. Chief Lorenzo. Oh yeah. By the way, <laughs> he was. I, I wasn't on that review last week, but he was great in that in that movie. Yeah. Chief Lorenzo. Yeah, he. I miss uh, a guy just saying f bombs in every <laughs> sentence. Um, that role they, was already taken in this one yeah. by <laughs> Zeus. That's right. So Gruber's up on the roof watching all this, sees them leave, and then he immediately <laughs> turns and says, "They bought it." Then you know. And then you know the plan is afoot. Uh, and are, on- are we? Are we to the? Are we? Are we getting to the jugs? Riddle. We're not there yet. <laughs> Close. Because you're just okay. ready for the jugs. If you can explain that to me, then you'll be the first to be able to explain it to me. Because oh, I didn't understand. Dude, that. go uh, ask Bruce Willis. He won't be able to explain it to you. Yeah. So here uh, we'll, comes, we'll get there. Okay. Yeah. I've got to work out. In unison, not you know, the smoke is not even cleared. All of the aforementioned. Well, I guess we didn't say that, but there was there had been a report of a bunch of stolen dump trucks. Here they all come in a line <laughs> right up to the. Uh, they did what? Yeah, that, a line. They, I mean, yeah, a line. Weird okay. things and stress, but yeah, who does that? That's ridiculous. <laughs> they uh, they show up. They've got an enormous crew of henchmen. They're all. Uh, they've got construction workers. They've got guys disguised as stockbrokers. But they're all kind of walking in unison, which I feel like is a common theme in all these diehards is these march of the bad guys, like when they were marching out of the hotels with the presents, when they were marching into Nakatomi. Yeah. Now I've got like the village people walking up here with their construction outfits. Well, this this uh, 
MacGruber brother, not a, not as diverse. He didn't play with the Rooney rule for his his crew. It's true. You think they would be more progressive in '95? Yeah, you would. Especially as, as progressive as they were in the first two. I know. Well, Matt, a oh. very Ar- Aryan nation. By sure. the way, let me just mention also the second, uh, the last podcast. Y'all didn't mention the weird hand that y'all missed. In the did you guys see uh, yeah. Brad's tweet about that? I saw it. Yeah. That where no, the the black guy when he's grabbing to get the present, he's like, "I'm leaving the table," and a white hand grabs the <laughs> present. And he le- and I'm like, who is editing that day? Who- that is not that is not very progressive. No. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm no. So the, the 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 bad guys have at least one guy that's a decent talker. He's good on the mic. He gets himself <laughs> underground. They immediately shoot the uh, cop uh, PR director guy. He's dead. Um, Which one's that? Up- What's that? Which guy did they shoot? Oh, one of the one of the cops that was like the the guy that was trying to coordinate the media, keep them all back, and then he peels off. Oh, you're talking about a guy. I actually, I, there's a part where I, I want to talk about because his oh. name, the Ricky Walsh. His name is okay. Ricky Walsh, Detective Ricky yeah. Walsh. Okay. The I wrote down here maybe the dumbest character in the entire movie, and I'll explain why. Let's hear it. He was in the van when they were talking about who everybody was and right. saw the pictures and those both those guys run by him and he goes, Sounds like y'all are just cleaning up uh, Wall Street. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, I'll great. I'll go what into a great the... call. I, I can't believe I missed that. He just goes into the elevator with these weird creepy guys. Oh, this is Otto. You know you know who or no, that was a different guy. That was a different time. But you know, just goes along with him and just deserved to die more than anyone in that entire movie. Yeah. And and they all also all deserve to die for playing their badge numbers in a four number lottery. That what kind of lottery is the number ninety one? What do you win in that lottery? Is it like Either like a thousand dollars or a million dollars. Yeah, I don't under I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand any of that. But, but there is a callback to that later. Part. There is a callback to that later, which we didn't just really discuss. But the whole lot of yeah. number. It's a small plot point, but there is a callback to it later. And he had the number sixty nine in his badge, and so I thought that was nice. Nice. Yeah, it's good. well, but it's going to be from a lottery standpoint. You want to do that because that's going to be a favorite. You're going to have a lot of ownership there. That's true. Referred to in the daily fantasy world. You might have to split that, though. I don't know. Actually, that's what, yeah. You might want to fade the 69. Yeah, yes. that's right. It's true. You because you find a contrarian number to play. But I was, I was looking for my Ricky Walsh uh, part to put in there because he is the dumbest character in this entire movie. Brad, you redeemed yourself. There You're we go. Invited. You're Yay! invited back to the show. <laughs> so what was Simon's, Simon's fake name? Was was it Bob Thompson? <laughs> like the city of engineers? Oh, yeah. It was something like something that. very fake. fake. American accent, yeah. So the bad guys are clearly, they've got equipment. They're, they're about to do some heavy tunneling and some heavy petting. Uh, <laughs> we'll do later as well. Uh, <laughs> Inside the bank, after they've executed uh, Walsh, the dumbest cop I've just learned, um, the last remaining living security guard, this guy, if he's not on the metal stand for dumbest cop, he gets his hands on a better weapon. 
he's all by himself, and then he just starts indiscriminately firing everywhere. By the way, uh, did anybody count the shots? I I, lo- I lost count of the shots, but maybe 10 out of a shotgun? Yeah. Yeah. Way too many for a shotgun. Yeah, and, he, and he's just... Three, he's just maybe four. Up. Okay. Into Yeah, into the air, and the crazy woman bad guy, China bad guy... <laughs> Sunny. How about he, she has some kind of yeah. curved blade, <laughs> and she comes in and like takes this guy out in the most athletic ballet moves, and she just keeps slicing him until Gruber's finally like, "All right, I think he's dead. <laughs> I think we could stop now." She loves blood too. Like, yes. Yeah. It yes. didn't affect her at all. Yeah. Does she say anything in this movie? Does she have a single line? I think she screams at the end when she shoots her gun at. That's it. Hmm. Yeah. She, she, I don't know if she did or not. That's a good point. She definitely had some grunts. A lot of grunts and <laughs> yeah. Grunts. So, so <laughs> Ruber's right in the middle of this. You know, so they've got this guy, he's been knifed, there's blood everywhere, there's they're boring inside of this this Federal Reserve that they've broken into. Meanwhile, McLean and Zeus are over at this park, and somehow Simon just has this amazing internal clock that he knows the exact right time to call the payphone while all hell's breaking loose, and he's in the midst of it. He doesn't yeah. even have an iPhone. He has to yeah. get a real phone. He didn't have an alarm set or anything. It's amazing. He could have done, like, he could have used, you know, scheduled tweets or something where you can just kind of pre-plan it and just kind of have it fire off at a time. Like, that would have helped. Or just another generic German guy to just make his phone calls for him. Yeah. Maybe outsource it. (laughs) (laughs) So at Tompkins Square Park, there's another bomb. And we are now going to stop this podcast, and we're going to do an entire another podcast about how they defuse this bomb. So I do not understand what happened. Did, did anybody else draw a five-gallon jug next to a three-gallon jug and try to figure this did out? Did you not go to Walmart and just purchase your own and try to do it yourself? So, so only, for those that haven't way, seen the movie, the parameters right. are very simple to disarm this bomb. You have to put on the counterweight exactly four gallons of water. They give you very little wiggle room on either side, I think an ounce. They've provided two empty containers, a five and a what, two? Three. Or three. A three. five and a three-gallon three. jug. And they have to somehow fill one of those two up with four gallons of water. Right. Yes. So, okay. Well, I just got hijack and jackknife mixed up. So I'm trying to think of. Let's say he's our leader in the jugs. (laughs) So go for it. So you fill up the five gallon and you pour. So now you have two in the the five gallon jug. And you you pour out three. Okay, hold on. Okay, no, I've already lost. No, no, no. So you, you, now you need the two... third jug for this to work. I'm telling <laughs> you. No, no, no. <laughs> then you have you have two gallons in the five gallon jug. You have zero in the three. You now pour the two gallons into the three. Okay. So now you have an empty five gallon, and you have 
Two and the two, three. Two and the three. You then fill up the five-gallon jug. Okay, so now you have five gallons in the five-gallon. You have two gallons in the three-gallon. You you fill up the three-gallon. Five minus one is four. You put the four. You diffuse the bomb. And you lost me at the end. <laughs> no, I'm still lost. And you kind of broke up a little bit there. What happened? Yeah, I'm I'm lost. Oh. You still you still have seven gallons of water. I got. I need a YouTube no. explainer. You you do between the two you have four and one of them you only need How one do you of have the four and one of them because you filled it up and you you had two sitting in the three gallon jug right. and you filled up the five all the way up and right. you had one gallon of space in the three gallon jug so then you poured the one gallon out of the five leaving you four and then you diffuse the bomb. Boom has it. That's it. Oh, I got it. But I had to draw it and I, like I... think it through. Wow. So there you have it. Glenn and Samuel L are the only two people in the world. Actually, I guess McLean. Did McLean? No, that, this, that, this was McLean. They had to show, mm-hmm. like, oh, I know riddles too. And McLean <laughs> did this. Yeah, but hold That's on. True. So, start I want, I want, I, I don't want to get stuck here, but <laughs> what was the first thing they did? Um. To get it, like I mean, you do is you sandwich build, board. What you so John McClain wore a sandwich board. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did they get the two gallons? You fill up the five and then you pour it all into the three, leaving you two in the five. Yeah, then dump the three out of the three. You put the two in the three. Wait, hold on now. Yeah. I've got self confused. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Put the two in the three, then fill the five again, and then empty the one, the gallon that's left. I'm going to send you a link. Tell me, I'm going to send you a link. I found a link of how to fully explain this so we can move on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that works. But I it's, it's not really your fault. It, it, it really is the movie's fault because they get into a, another racial argument and then it totally derails you and then they go oh i know how to do it now i'm like well hold on you were just having a racial argument i gotta so it's the movie's fault we do this but i'm just gonna read you the exact sentence from my note it says (laughs) they are having a racist argument but somehow figure out how to disarm the bomb and i didn't follow anything that happened oh well by the way he was that's what we just had yeah for sure but I get it now. I've got it. I've got Glenn's ex- explanation. I I am now tracking. Now, I understand. Now in McLean's defense, he wasn't going to call him that. He was going to call him MFR, but <laughs> and then he changed his other story. He goes, no, I was going to call you an a hole. So which yeah. is it, McLean? <laughs> so, <laughs> it did. It did get a little uh, convoluted there because he seemed to change his story. Yeah, I was like, well, maybe he was. I don't know. So they're, they think after getting this one solved, that the next clue, because there was tickets to a Yankee game, that they're headed to Yankee Stadium. And I'm like, oh, this will be fun. They're walking down the street. They see some kids stealing candy. They, you know, say like they're they getting chased. They're like, what are you doing? The kid says, well, there's no cops anywhere around here. It's like, you know, so basically they've turned it into Chaz or Chop or whatever. <laughs> Basically, Portland yeah. right now. It's way ahead of its time. This is unbelievable. Uh, and then that's when the light bulb goes off for McLean. And, and unlike the water bottles, the light bulb also went off for me here. Mm. I, get, I got that analogy. Yes. It is interesting, though, that the 
only people that realized they could commit crimes were these two kids. Because <laughs> like everyone else does the, it. Yeah. Yeah, you expect the rest of it to be like a you know, a Gotham City in a Batman movie where there's just like <laughs> crime going on everywhere. It's just like no, these two kids and then the big heist. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> the kids stealing chips and gold bars. That's it. So maybe speaking this movie is ahead of its time maybe there was a subtle plot point of do we need the police Ooh. all right maybe we should defund them <laughs> by taking all the gold what a concept <laughs> high concept so uh i wanted to because this is a semi-wrestling podcast i i wanted to actually take it off because they they have the bomb that they just disarmed uh they said oh we got to you know, not have, leave it around, some kid will get it. So he finds these policemen who are also, I, I don't know, I want to know a head count of how many guys they have because <laughs> they have a group. lot of guys working for them. But when you steal that much money, you can afford to pay everybody. Well, you have gold bars. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you, you <laughs> yeah. can have a large, you know, HR is probably having a nightmare, but um, <laughs> having a hell of a time. Uh, but this is a wrestling podcast somewhat. Uh, there is a wrestler in this movie. Did anybody catch him? I, I didn't. No, I did not. Too. None of y'all did. Okay. Uh, making, an, uh, making an appearance in this movie, I feel like I, I, I'm really helping out this podcast, but was Ludwig Borga was in this movie. Really? Yes. He was, was one of the... So as Otto? Their, no, he was not Otto. <laughs> He was as one of the uh, just kind of generic. You'll go watch the movie again, but he's in this movie. Uh, he he's one of the guys who he hands the briefcase, and then he also takes one of the other henchmen, police guys. He grabs the brief briefcase, and that is Ludwig Borga, which was uh, uh, flame out WWF superstar. <laughs> so, fun fact that I did not know. I'm bringing it all today. I'm not, I, Man, I, wow. I was not going to come on your podcast just half-assing it. I'm here to bring he, it, guys. He brought it. McLean walks into the Federal Reserve. I don't know why he did this, because he has to, at this point, assume things are not as they seem. The uh, security guard, when he's talking to him, his accent changes like four times, <laughs> which I don't understand. McLean gets right into the elevator with all the bad guys, and they're all huge. He knows what's going on, though. Yeah, he cause... knows something is afoot because he's like, "That guy sounds like he's Asian. That guy's from Germany. I don't know what this guy's doing." You also is. got the the mess ups. He says, dogs "The guy says ca- it's raining like dogs and cats," yeah. and then he also calls the elevator a lift or something. Like it was very much, you know, the uh, yeah. the clues were all there. Yeah. Con- Even with a hangover, you should be able to get this. Yes. Yeah. And then to top it all off, he recognizes the badge number. He asks about the lottery numbers. None of them know. And then he just, like, it just happens. Like, he just unloads. Just just firing everywhere. He leaves a blood... (laughs) (laughs) He leaves a bloodbath in this elevator. Well, when he gets out and he's down below... The uh, he runs into Zeus, and Zeus is like, What's going on? He goes, Hey, go look in the elevator. Like, what, <laughs> what kind of friend is that? <laughs> you want to see the most horrific thing you've ever seen in your entire life? 
Don't look in that elevator. That's what happened. I had a quick question. Why were they there? Why were the security guards there? I guess just to make it look like business as usual. Yeah, just to kind of put up the guys okay. that there's nothing suspicious going on underneath. It's kind of like at Nakatomi. Why is uh, oh that one guy Lewis working the front desk? <laughs> you got to make sure it just looks like a normal day. Well, I mean, getting gold bars out of New York is a long process, so you got to kind of. <laughs> You know, hold it off for a little bit. But you, you'd you stolen everything. I just didn't know why you kept yeah. it there. Yeah, so they uh, there's there's still some gold bar carnage laying around, meaning there's gold bars laying around. But the uh, the dump trucks have gone. Zeus, which is awesome, like grabs a gold bar that he's just he's keeping it. Like he's hanging on to this. They, they grab a car. Uh, they see the dump trucks. I feel like having all the dump trucks driving like in perfect formation, like they're doing a, uh, a formation lap at yeah. full speedway, that was not a good idea. Also, did we... I guess it was 95, so obviously with the live free or die hard, they get way more on the tech side of mayhem. But does it feel a little cheap, like... They're going to steal gold bars, everyone. Doesn't that seem kind of cartoony? Or did they do a focus group after the first movie when Glenn was like, I don't know what bear bonds are. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you know what it should Keep be? Keep it simple. It should just be gold. Everyone knows what that is. The very easily redeemable gold. <laughs> you just walk a gold bar into like a Wells Fargo and they're like, oh, well, yes, sir. And yeah. they just start flipping hundreds at you. <laughs> they're going to go to gold and silver exchange. <laughs> Hey, we got 14 trucks. <laughs> Hit 20 cents on the dollar. They make it now. We have to do Bitcoin. Yeah. So. And it's like Bitcoin's worthless. By the time they get out of there, they're like, oh. Shit. Oh, man. ride this wave back up. Hold on. <laughs> At some point, they steal another car. They have to switch because the Yugo there ends a piece of crap. And Zeus leaves his gold bar in the car. So he does not get to retain... And he's got uh, a phone. This is true. Yeah. Yes. They shot the phone. They shot the phone. They, um, bad guy, Gruber, calls a radio station <laughs> to alert the city to the plot. What <laughs> radio host, man, what a, what a piece of work this guy was. Just all relaxed. Just can't be bothered with anything. And then here he's got the breaking story. And, and... So we had a department store blow up. We had the subway blow up. Nobody bothered to stop any of the schools. Yankee game still going on as planned. But this radio show that probably nobody's listening to, this sets the entire city into pandemonium. Well, in defense, this is actually Elvis Duran. I don't know if you oh. know who that is. See, is he a wrestler too? He's a New York expert. Brad came here, on yeah. here to ruin all of our jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm here to do and talk we, about sandwich boards. We do but, not want your alternative facts on the show. No, who is this guy? No, who Elvis Duran. I, I don't know if he's still on air, but I think he's like one of the biggest radio hosts. Like next to like, uh, you would see like Kid Craddock on the iHeartRadio thing. Elvis Duran was like right there. Like one of the bigger. Yeah, just a straight cameo in Die Hard. It and just yeah, I didn't notice until I heard his name. Awesome. I go, he's like Elvis Durant, and I'm like, oh, this is Elvis Durant, huh? 
I don't know. I don't listen to him, but I know that he's probably pretty popular. Amazing. How's, how's Kid Craddock doing these days? Um, not great. Too soon? Is it? When was that? It has to be five plus years ago. No, I think probably a little more. I was uh, I was in I'm, Mexico I'm when I found it. out about that. Okay, so um, the uh, bad guys have uh, so they they they've got the dump trucks. They figured out this clever escape plan, which is they're gonna they're gonna escape through this aqueduct tunnel. It gets them out of the city into a place where they I, apparently can load the gold onto a ship, although those plans may be a little bit of a ruse. Um, well, McLean has... Quick, is that... A, is that real? And B, should a New York cop know it exists? Because McLean seemed baffled that there was this aqua, aqueduct... Oh yeah, he had no idea what it was because he what he had done. And I I did skip over this, but he had um, he had grabbed um, he had stopped a dump truck thinking it was one of the bad guys. It's not. He had grabbed this guy. This guy's more than happy to explain to him about the uh, about the whole aqueduct situation. And apparently they were they were working on it. So he took him there to to uh, you know, get the pursuit started. But yeah, I mean, it seemed like a fairly big project to be you know, completely blissfully unaware of. I, I don't know. I mean, that just my opinion. <laughs> what, the, the multi-billion dollar aqueduct project? Yeah, but I mean, you know, McLean's a drunk. I mean, he can't be bothered with this kind of stuff. That's true. <laughs> they, um, oh, and I, you know, I forgot. Gosh, I, I did forget this. So there was another clue that was passed along about the school. And it had to do with the 21st president that nobody knows. Yeah. And McLean and, and Zeus were trying to figure this out. Uh, and there, it's just kind of a running gag along the way. Um, Zeus goes to Yankee Stadium. There's not really much that happens there except that they could have taken him out and they chose not to. I think that was the whole point. That, that was the only thing that setup was for. I can't remember. He finds something. It's just like a, a little marble baseball game, and it says game over. That's what it said. The plan was to just execute him there, but yes. since the plane wasn't there, they just they just figured they were going to let it slide because they were really after McLean. So um, the, um, the, the bad guys are escaping down the tunnel. McLean's in pursuit. Um, he... <laughs> He somehow gets a hold of the radio and he's just trolling them mercilessly on the radio while on the pursuit, which I love. Their uh, their plan, the bad guys, is as they're slightly ahead of him, is that they're going to detonate some of this explosive and blow the water back into the aqueduct to flood McLean out. And this is when we get to see. Uh, probably the first really ridiculous stunt of the movie. He, he, uh, well, we, uh, we get the most CGI water I've ever seen. I mean, come on. That's that the best. Bad. This wasn't realistic to you, Tommy, huh? <laughs> he also has an expert. See, now I expect Brad to be like, well, actually I read <laughs> the notes and that is real water that they <laughs> He's an expert semi truck driver. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. 
no he 180s that thing, which I'm sure is impossible. Exactly. He gets on top of the moving truck. Like, the truck's still moving. He gets on top as the water's bearing down on him, grabs an escape hatch, then gets, like, geysered out the top. Well, first he hangs on as the tsunami is, like... No way that The happens. grip strength <laughs> is unbelievable. Like... He's been doing his, his farmer's carries at the gym. <laughs> and then, if you have, like, a tunnel that's filling with water, it's not like a pressurized line. Like, there's no way it shoots a body 20 feet up in the air. Yeah, and in fact, there's uh, and, and Brad, don't, uh, don't disprove me, because this is, this is true. I used to work in irrigation. Uh-oh. There well. is a... There is a principle with, with water flow that it's going to follow the path of least resistance. So if you have a 60-foot tunnel, the water is probably just going to flow down that and not yeah. flow a million feet straight up in the air out of the tiny little manhole. So you Fun think fact he, about he, water. He would have just awkwardly and just kind of slowly floated through the aqueduct as opposed to being shot up 20 feet into the air. And, and the other part that you don't find realistic, Tommy, is that Zeus was just simultaneously <laughs> driving by. <laughs> Wasn't that so realistic that yeah. he just looks over and sees, his, oh, that's my partner over there, just yeah. came out of a manhole. He leaves the Yankee Stadium is like, yeah, you know, I'll just drive to the Aqueduct Project. That will be a good idea. Oh, and there's, yeah, there's McLean <laughs> shooting out of the ground. It was also my favorite part of the movie. So. It's, yes. it's, the, it's the part of the movie that I laughed out loud I mean, hard. I love this part. Oh, yeah. well, except that other part at the end. I'll, I'll leave that to This it. one got me pretty good. The only thing that would have made it better was if uh, Zeus just happened to have stolen a convertible and McClane just, like, landed <laughs> in the passenger seat. <laughs> As he's driving 60, he's like, hey! Oh, hey! What's up? So... Uh, They'd figured out that the 21st president was Chester A. Arthur. There's a Chester A. Arthur High School. The cops are there. They find the bomb in this fridge. It has 32 minutes left on the counter. This is the part of the movie where there's going to be a lot of cutting back and forth. So we'll try to keep this straight because they, there's a little bit of the school and then a little bit with McLean and Zeus. So McLean and Zeus are still in hot pursuit. They... Um, are being chased by a guy in, like, I guess, like a Dodge pickup. It's a Dodge Ram. The most well-made pickup ever built, That's as right. we'll find here in a minute. They it's wreck like their car. I don't know if you guys caught this. You can clearly see a cable pulling the car over to flip. I mean, it's it's like the most botched scene <laughs> I've ever seen. I mean, you can botched. see the winch cable connected to the roof pulling it over. <laughs> Or maybe it was a CGI winch cable. I'm not sure. <laughs> I didn't yeah. notice. Well, you know. I'll no, I didn't. I missed that part. So, well, yeah, go back and check that out. The uh, Their car flips. The Dodge, they wreck the hell out of the Dodge. There's no way it's drivable. Uh, <clears throat> get back to that. Meanwhile, the school, they've got the kids lined up. The, their plan is they're going to kind of wait until to see if they can defuse the bomb or see if um, see if they can get a code from McLean. And then if they, they're waiting till the last minute, if not, they're just going to have everybody run for it. The bomb's not a bad plan, pounds. I, honestly. This is a great plan. There's no way, like, if you get out the door, you're fine. 
I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it might blow up the entire block, but you know, yeah, the blast radius is minimal on this thing. We're, we've it's in. A, I mean, it's in a, 20, it, blows, it all blows straight up in the air, so yeah. down sure. and down. Exactly. You're good. Yeah. So, uh, McClan and Zeus, they get in this completely wrecked Dodge truck and they start driving it. And it turns out it's completely fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's been in this severe accident. Just the hood's gone, but it's great. It's running fine. They're in hot pursuit. They, uh, they get down to where the, uh, they think the, the criminals are escaping with the gold on a boat. They're on a bridge the truck conveniently has a brand new winch installed on the front. Convenient. Like, it doesn't have any signs of aging on it at all. They are going to winch cable down, like shimmy across it and drop down on the boat. And all of a sudden Zeus is like, hey, I got this. I've been afraid of all these things throughout the whole movie, but now that we're going to do this half-baked stunt on a winch cable from a busted-up truck, like, I'm in. I'm going first. Where's the old, where's the old, uh, this is white people's problems here. He just threw that out the door at this moment. I got this. (laughs) His first idea is he's just going to jump from the bridge down to the cargo ship. Hold on real quick. And this, given I was, panic watching the last 25 <laughs> minutes of this movie right before the podcast were zeus's kids at that yeah, school? The, the nephews were yeah so that is probably okay, why so he's a little that's bit more why i think he suddenly got brave yes because he wanted to get the codes to save them and then yeah. uh, one more thing because we're going to pass the school part um i looked this up i was like is there a chester a arthur elementary <laughs> and i knew also that in New York City, they don't name any of the any of the public schools. You know that? No. no. They name them all PS whatever one whatever. So I looked up the Harlem PS schools elementaries, and it's PS uh, I believe one fifty one and one forty nine is what they have. Oh no, one fifty four and one forty nine is what. So there is no Chester A. Arthur. It was just plot points for the movie. You can't just. Hey, I guess you no. could have done a multiplication. You know, riddle, but yeah, it does fun. seem like maybe like the writer of this movie just really liked Chester, Chester A. Arthur. Like, that's his favorite. <laughs> this is the most random president ever. <laughs> they uh, they start this winch situation. The truck starts to slip. It's going over the bridge. They're swinging by the winch cable. Uh, it snap. I mean, it snaps loose. It cuts a guy in half. It gets off a couple shots before. Yeah. That's where I was rocking out. I was loving head. this part. God. This part was Just great. So much going on. Um, they have to. Uh, Zeus uh, doesn't particularly like this part. They have to move the two halves of the guy's body. <laughs> Why? I guess so no spots it on the. I don't know why they did that. It seemed like a waste of time. And also, they were like right next to each other, but it looked like the front, the top half <laughs> went way farther than the bottom half. But I don't understand. <laughs> uh, McLean hands Zeus a gun, and we have the great line of, "Hey, not all brothers know how to shoot." <laughs> 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 he gave him a tip as to how to do it, but he didn't. 
include the most important aspect. Indeed. Which we'll find out here pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Zeus is on a mission. He, you know, he wants to save the kids. He's going to find Gruber and beat the code out of him. Um, but as Glenn mentioned, there was one problem with the gun. Safety was on. We which didn't how to get the safety off. But he tries to pull the trigger. Blowing Simon's head off is probably not a good way to get the codes. <laughs> I had just the same look at thought. Just look at the woman and be like, Do you have the codes? <laughs> like she's yeah. like, I, I'm a mute. I've not said anything in two hours. She Would it have been a uh, like a ballet just slices his head off? Would it have been a great callback to Die Hard One if he shot uh him and was like, okay, and now we're on to plan B. Yeah, 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 yeah. that would have been great. I would have loved that. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, the school evacuations now started. The kids are running out. We cut back to the ship. McLean's fighting the, the really big bad guy, stabs him in the leg, and the guy, like, completely no-sells it. And this is like Ultimate Warrior 1988. Like, <laughs> He's not selling anything here. Say, like, Undertaker 1999. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's got the urn. He's sitting sitting up. (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the school, they realize the Samuel L. nephews or cousins or whatever they are are still in there. Which is a shame, because in the running race, they would have (laughs) won. Damn. I take myself out of this podcast yeah. right now. Brad, we'll edit you out of this. Yeah, I'm just, just every I time I talk, that. just just pretend like I'm there. I'm not. Yeah, this is yeah, this is not uh, this is not how we wanted this to go. Here's here's where I need somebody. It's possible. I feel like I was pretty locked into this movie. Tell me, did I miss something here? He stabbed the guy in the leg and no sells it. Yeah. Then he hits him with a chain. No, he trips him. He trips him with a chain, and that takes the guy out? I guess it knocks him out because he hits his head. There's got to be a deleted scene somewhere. I'm not yeah. sure. Because yeah. there, there's, there's, there's not good uh, continuity there as to what happened. Because I, I watched it today and had the same thought of, wait, how did that end again? Is that guy dead or <laughs> undead? What's yeah. going on here? We'll find yeah. out. But, hey, I, I got to... That was very strange. During one of part of those scenes where he shoots... By the way, there's a lot of times where McLean shoots people and he's like not a hundred percent sure that they're the bad guys. Yes. So like, like in the in the uh, dump truck he does yeah. that. So this one guy just goes in German, don't shoot, and he shoots him. I was like, Hey, is there a part like where they sell this to Germany where actually McLean is the bad guy and the Germans are the good guys? Do they like whenever <laughs> Like they have another, they like reshoot the ending. Goes on a rampage. They reshoot the ending as is them just taking off of the gold and they win. Yes. Or are you saying that we're still ahead of our time? That it was just trying to portray that if you walk up to a policeman and put your hands up and say "Don't shoot," that they'll just blow you the hell away. <laughs> Dude, in, in McLean's, defense. it's like a time traveler made this movie or something. <laughs> In McLean's defense, they are in New York, so it's not like, you know, there's a lot of tourists from other countries that <laughs> might just be Germans that are hanging out. In <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be on that boat, you're going to be in bad trouble right there. I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up, though, because I do remember, you know, he he originally 
tries to get the wrong guy in the dump truck, but then the first dump truck he encounters in the tunnel, he just blows the guys away through the door without even identifying who they are. I mean, good like, guess. Good really, guess. He, yeah, he, he was a thousand percent, but... <laughs> but he, uh, oh, you're wrong. You just killed, duty. like, you know, Jeff over there. He's just hanging <laughs> out, just driving a dump truck. Oh, so, so uh, um... Yeah, so somehow he's defeated the the bad guy that no sold the stat leg stab. We don't know with a chain apparently. <laughs> um, the bomb squad bomb squad uh, guy Charlie he's working frantically at the school. The liquids start to mix in the bomb, OS. which begs the question: Wouldn't this be the easiest bomb ever to defuse? <laughs> Can you just get the hose away from the middle part or whatever? Just, yeah, or just drain one of the tubes. Like, <laughs> he was worried about the wiring. Cutting wires. Char- yeah, Charlie, like, totally let me down here. He's just there for comedy effects. That's all. <laughs> well, here's here's my favorite part. It turns out the bomb is fake. But they went to the I- extreme level of detail in the fake bomb to go ahead and have the mixing routine happen. Like, couldn't they just have built a fake bomb that looked like the real bomb and then never did anything? And then just, like, popped was... out, like, a little thing that said pow? And just yeah, like... but they actually have it go through the mixing routine, and then it all spits out on Charlie, and he says it was, like, syrup or something. Yeah. Like, why is it syrup? <laughs> like, why isn't it just, like, water with food coloring? Like... No, but, I mean, think about that, though. Like, you buy syrup in 12-ounce containers, and they're, like, yeah. seven or eight bucks. Like, to fill that thing up with syrup, that probably costs, like, several gold bricks. Who's, who's <laughs> the German guy who had to go to the... I'm taking all the syrup. <laughs> Can you imagine that? They were, like, 14 dump trucks were stolen. And also... 300 gallons of syrup, 12 ounces at a time. Yeah, all There's the... a deleted scene where Otto is just like one at a time, just pouring them in. I'll have this ready by the end of the day, I promise. Yeah. So, back on the boat, uh, Gruber's got, he's caught McLean. McLean's basically dead to rights at this point, but he's still just trolling Gruber mercilessly about his brother just being a being that you know he's just like ripping into his brother um they find out that the plan is now and and dave this is probably where it starts to get murky for you yes the plan is now just to blow the ship and the gold up entirely or at least so they purport that's the plan and mclean and zeus are tied on top of the real bomb on the ship they're gonna i guess the idea is they're gonna blow all the gold up Put it at the bottom of the sea, and then uh, and then and redistribute later, the, the world's wealth. Years later, the Pomerinkies come. Mister Gold is going to show up with the Christine Rose and just start <laughs> filling the sluice box. That's a joke for two people. Exactly. <laughs> Don't listen to the podcast. I'm sitting over here, like what? All right. <laughs> but by the way, great show if you want to check it out. Discovery Ship, right. Bering Sea Gold. Look into it. Um, the uh, turns out though, uh, the gold's not even on the ship. Life comes at you very fast when you work for Grouper. <laughs> he's already double crossed the majority of his crew or of the portion of his crew. Yeah, the gold's he's, somewhere else. He's got fake gold on the boat. The he's double crossed 
What I the chain guy who I tabbed was the the German JBL. <laughs> oh, I was I was thinking more like Marty Janetti. He's already thrown him through the wind the window. Yes, he's also fair. All right, cool. Am I well, getting along with this wrestling? Shawn Michaels then is the yes, girl. You're, you're in. <laughs> I'm here for the wrestling. Uh, yeah, she pulls the trigger. He's dead because he's figured it out. So now her allegiance clearly with Gruber. We're back in there. McLean and Zeus are, are handcuffed. They they go through this this painful scene where they have like a splinter of the cable. They pass it through. Of course, even though he can't shoot a gun, he can do everything else. He can hotwire a car, solve Riddles. math problems, pick hand right, hit pick pick handcuffs. He gets McLean's cuff off, but the uh, the little. Um, shred shard of the fell down is gone he doesn't have it um we've got to figure out what to do so mclean's out he does what he's supposed to be doing busting the tubes getting that bomb crap spraying everywhere and he mixes the perfect amount to then like <laughs> Whack against the handcuffs. You put too much, and then apart. yeah, you you put too much, and Zeus doesn't have hands anymore. Yeah, so like he look, he's like what happened to him in Jurassic Park. <laughs> no, I was thinking like Tropic Thunder, like just. <laughs> he said, "Hold on to your butts," and the next thing you know, he didn't have an arm. But like Brad said, it's good that they knew like how much it took to blow up one chair, because then you can just kind of. Do his quick five gallon jug to three gallon jug math and figure out the exact amount. Well, you see that he's already good at that. So yeah. He is. He absolutely is. Well, as they're as they're escaping the ship, I I mean it explodes epically. But what we've learned one thing from this movie is if you are within very close proximity to a blast, you will be fine. <laughs> Just swim down. That's all you gotta do. Away. No danger there. That's the safest place to be in a blast is right next to it. <laughs> and this was obviously the end of the movie, as I thought. And then I was 15 like, 15 nope. more minutes. <laughs> 15 yeah, more. It was basically it was a... that the, the bad guys had won, and the whole thing was that Zeus was talking to John throughout the movie about he needed to call his wife. So at the end, it's like, hey, they got away, but we did what we could. But he gives them a quarter to go call on the payphone, which payphones are throughout this whole movie. And I just thought, that used to be a thing. And think of how disgusting that is. Yes. A New York City payphone, how much just chlamydia and... Well, that's why we probably need them back. We need them back because we got rid of them and look where we are now. It's true. Not a bad point. There we go. (laughs) Science right there. There was a small detail that was left out. McLean had asked Gruber as he was leaving for some aspirin, and he tosses him an aspirin bottle, which apparently, um, I mean, all my aspirin bottles have the address of my hideout printed on the bottom. I don't know if you guys have that too. Where to go? Where my hideout is? Yeah, right and just print bottom. that right on the bottom of your. It's the safest place to print. Was that the uh, same bottle the- he had been popping all? The whole day, yeah, because he has migraines. And he yeah, just that's pop, right. He just has popping. They they also use that little exposition in the. He he suffers from migraines, and that's why he, he keeps popping the pills. 
Yeah. And his Pop in the were, this was 95, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was aspirin like a, a prescription? <laughs> I know. Like, why is that like? <laughs> well, why does that have an address on there at all? Yeah. Isn't it weird? Because isn't it also easier to get stuff in Canada than it is here? So wouldn't it, if it was a prescription here, wouldn't it be more likely to be over the counter there? I, I don't know. Wouldn't I'm you, not into drugs. Just, yeah, just maybe if you were going to be in Canada, just go ahead and go all in with like the Vicodin or something. I don't know. Um, but while he's calling his wife, he notices on the bottom of the aspirin bottle the address, uh, which leads the you know causes him to immediately leave the phone. They uh, they're all hands on deck, heading to where the bad guys are. Who? are having a heck of a party, man. They're, like, doing the hold Formula on, One podium celebration. Did the, did the address on the... Okay, if you knew nothing about anything, did that address mean anything to any of y'all until they showed the sign? No. Just it, that it was... It, I think it was in French, wasn't it? So yeah. So it was Montreal. Like, Montreal, but... So is McLean that world traveler? He knows exactly where that is? I've... <laughs> I the that that whole part of the plot just well, <laughs> in whatever that said I forgot what it said I wouldn't try Le- to Ligra it. something I don't know exactly it, it's French it's French for five gallon three gallon. <laughs> so he knew exactly exactly where that was that's how he that's how he cracked it sorry go ahead Tom I'm sorry no you're I this is this is what we want to talk about we this is this is these are the details that we need. They're having a hell of a party. They're spraying champagne everywhere. The woman, the knife woman, is drinking a party champagne. like it's Christmas Eve and knock on the tower. <laughs> she is drinking her champagne in the most seductive way possible. She's sunny. She's just, she's just deep throating the bottle. Whoa. And and he and uh, Simon, he gets the message. So he they head back to, to the. To the back room, where he walks in and basically gets zigzagged, <laughs> <laughs> which which everyone kicks out of. So it ended up being okay. But yeah, what better way to celebrate the biggest heist than with some nice sex? <laughs> Not like just regular sex, like the most aggressive sex yeah, ever. Like like just hit her head on the back of the the light, <laughs> just take it, and she's just like, yeah, I'm cool. No, so. they were working very stiff in in <laughs> Well said. Um, so while that's going on, uh, you know, she's she's there's a, uh, there's a, a joke about shooting on each other in there too. <laughs> it was definitely a shoot. Yeah. So they see they uh, they see a chopper. They see the cops. They know it's happening. Gruber gets in the chopper that they've conveniently brought with him, somehow flies it sideways out of a building. I don't know how he did that. Very impressive chopper skills. You know, on this podcast, we usually only talk about bad chopper pilots, unfortunately. Uh, Why did I have a, I have a note on here. Yeah, I had a, I had one note on here. It said almost had a Kobe landing there. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was dancing around it and then you got to go and do that. (laughs) I can't believe it. They, uh, they're shooting that they can't see. Zeus maybe is hit in the chopper. It's hard to ascertain. 
Um, McLean's trying to draw their attention, running through the parking lot. He, he's got one bullet left in his gun. And they, uh, they go back to the well on this one. The cable has been a big player in this movie. Yeah. Yes. So why not let's get a little more screen time for the cable here. <laughs> he shoots the cable. It hooks the prop in the chopper. Kaboom. What does he say, Glenn? Ugh. This is my he least. says, I hate... Yippee ki mother effer. Yes. Scene. Like they could and, have just been like, Deuce no. gives McLean a fresh quarter to call again. The end. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Wow. What a run. What a ride. Ten on just, ten. Uh, yeah. My, Five stars. The uh, heartbeat was about 145 a minute through this whole thing. Fantastic. Just awesome. Yeah. I love so this. Let's go, let's go around the horn. We'll start with Dave, then we'll go to Glenn, then to Brad. <laughs> Rank them one to three. Ooh. Mm. Or I'm I guess out Dave, of the gate here. Dave's out of the gate. Dave barely watched this I, I, movie. I'm putting, I'm putting two number one. If I can say that more confusingly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just say... Die, Die Hard 2 is getting the gold medal. All right, there you go. Um, hmm. I think I have to go... Original Die Hard Silver, Die Hard with a Vengeance Bronze. Glenn. I mean, I like the original one, so that one that one gets first place for me. Um, and this one gets second place, and Die Hard 2 is in third, but I think they're all awesome. So, You know, I hate to beat on uh, Die Hard 2. I did enjoy it. Like I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. But it's going to have to get bronze for me. And I think Die Hard with a Vengeance as a whole is a gold medal for me. <laughs> this is the movie, okay? It's got Samuel L. Jackson. It's got Riddles. I guess that's cool. Uh, <laughs> it has weird, durable cars. Uh, it's cutting people in half. All type. It has everything. They just don't make movies like this anymore. And now I did appreciate Die Hard 2. I'm not. It's not anything against Die Hard 2. It's just I have a little bit more of a nostalgia with two, uh, with three, and one. But uh, but no, two's still good. It's a it's a close close race there. Yeah, no, I I'm in the same boat. That they were all three great. But I I actually had the same order as Dave. I uh, I went two one three. But all well, that's weird. That's weird that you guys would be on the same line of thought. Whoa. As if, as if this line of thought was just related to one another. <laughs> like, weird how that goes. By so, the way, that has only dawned on me when I joined the podcast. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know what you're talking about. I yeah, just, me either. I just, I, I just said I that. I don't know why I said that. Guy. It doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Do you know quick wrestling tie-in because i had to look up uh louis borga after brad mentioned that do you know he was the one well first did you realize that tatanka had a undefeated streak for nearly two years and louis borga's who beat him yes isn't that disgraceful 
But in both ways, like, why does Tatanka have a that long of a streak? And then you're like, next big thing, Borga. Yes, we're going with Borga, guys. He's gonna be our man. And then they did a, didn't they did like six months with him, and they were like, he's awful. Get him out. That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. We should just do a Ludwig Borga podcast if y'all want. Hey, I'm not doing anything next week on Wednesday. Hey, his first major victory was over Marty Jannetty. Oh, we yes. We talk a lot about what he's been up to lately. Yeah, how's he doing these days? Killing guys at bowling alleys. But you got to prove it first. On social media. Great. I still think he was BSing a little bit, but you got to prove it. I definitely had, it, like in the last 10 days, two different times. The first was Jannetty. I opened up Twitter and it said, trending Marty Jannetty. I was like, this can't be good. And then, like, three days ago, I opened it up and it said, trending Steve-O. And I was like, this can't... I thought for sure Steve-O had died, but he hadn't. So. But rest in peace, Kamala. Indeed. Oh, so indeed. And yeah. his enormous thermos. I mean, <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> I Kamala guess, had a... I guess you probably need a bigger uh, loincloth. <laughs> yes. Well documented. Well right. documented. Well, Brad, thank you for for joining us. This has been very enjoyable. I can't thank you enough, welcome guys. Back. I really appreciate You're welcome it. Welcome back anytime. I, I really doubt back. that. I really doubt you mean that, but I appreciate I don't you even saying. Care that. what Glenn's been texting me the whole show about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting well for people. You know, we're on an audio medium. I I see Tommy through the whole time. He's just like I I don't like this guy. That's all. That's all it looks I get from. Yeah, that's how Tommy looks at all of us. All <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure. I mean, I'm, I, you know, unbelievable. <laughs> See, the just like that, welcome, the most welcoming member of this podcast, and I get treated that way. But no, Brad, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I I think we're gonna have to have some behind the scenes talk about if we're gonna keep this going. <laughs> With the next two or not? I would knock it. The two original trilogy has been. If has you want to have awesome. an on, if you want to have an on-air uh, meeting right now, I'd stop, stop now, <laughs> stop while stop while we're ahead. I mean, I, I'm not saying the next one's not the worst. It's not the worst movie ever, but whatever. I wouldn't waste my time. That's fair. Okay. Well, yeah, this is for this is off-air meeting, but we might need to follow that. Well, just yeah, a, just as a fan, it. I'm gonna say, don't do it, guys. The, the last one they made is a definite no. Like I'm not. No, I'm I, not did, I didn't even know that existed. It's ungood, is the way. <laughs> ungood. I, again, I'm not saying the fourth one's not that. It's not that bad, but don't waste your time reviewing it. At least go watch uh-huh. it. Well, that's our episode on uh, Live Free or Die Hard, right there. Is this where it <laughs> abruptly ends? 